You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Well, happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. Indeed, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. If this is your first time or you come every Sunday, we are so grateful to have you here at Reality Honolulu celebrating Easter with us. Um, If I have not yet met you, my name is Riz, the pastor here at Reality. Uh, My wife is Zoe. She was leading worship up here, and I have two kids, I think over there, Eva and Liam, um, ready to play with your kids in the bounce houses after. They'll show you a good time. But thank you so much for being here. And if you didn't already know why we're here, it's to celebrate really the ultimate anchoring truth that just spans time itself. Easter is when we celebrate, as you know, or if you don't know, I'm here to tell you that this morning, of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. We have this recorded in what we would call the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. About two-thirds through the Bible. And where we see this, where we see this recorded, is in the Gospels. In all four accounts. And what I want to do this morning is read us Matthew's eyewitness account of what happened that morning when they went to the tomb and they found that it was empty. Jesus was no longer dead, but he was gone and he was risen. I have it on the screens, but I want to read from you Matthew 28, 1 through 10. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them, and he said, greetings. They came to him, they clasped his feet, they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go, Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Okay, so at this time... This weekend, up to this moment, was extremely somber. 
Because for everyone that knew Jesus and followed Jesus and heard about this man that was performing God-like miracles and claiming to be God, he had died a brutal death at the hands of the Romans. They had checked if he was still alive and breathing. He was dead. He was embalmed. He was put in a tomb. He was sealed in the tomb. He was, it was guarded by Roman guards. The story was over. For most of Israel, specifically the followers of Jesus, the ones that had hoped that this was the Messiah, the promised one, the Savior, he had died a brutal death. So this weekend was very somber. Because for a lot of people, even though he had said, you know, I'm going to rise from the dead, hope for a lot of people was lost. They saw the death. It was a very public execution. They saw the tomb. He was embalmed. He was guarded. Hope was lost. But what this resurrection moment does, first, obviously, he appears to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, but then he begins to appear to all the disciples, and there was 500 eyewitness accounts of this Physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What this moment does, what this moment means, Jesus rising from the dead and actually conquering death, it actually gives validity to Jesus' claims and his words for the last three years up to this moment. Because he said a lot of crazy things. He claimed a lot of things and claimed to be a lot of things. And he said who he was and why he came. And he said, to show you that I mean it, all raised from the dead. And he did it. It gives validity to all his words. Right? If he didn't pull this off, he just would have been this really kind of weird slash like is like crazy guy that was making up all these claims and then, oh, nothing came true. Story's over. Close the history books. But it didn't happen that way. And even later on, the Apostle Paul, Paul the Apostle, which you may have heard of and we know well, in one of his letters to one of the early churches that was started in the city of Corinth, Paul the Apostle wrote and recorded in the 15th chapter of that letter, and he said, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is void. There's no point to Christianity. There is no point to Christianity if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. It's all useless. But Paul said, the entirety of the Christian faith hinges on Easter Sunday. That's why we celebrate. For us today, it's with bounce houses. And it's with, you know, beef stew and whatnot afterwards. But the, re the reason why we, like, gather as a church is because Easter is what makes Christianity Christianity. Otherwise, don't come. Don't come to church. Don't believe in the Bible. If today didn't happen, but it did. No resurrection, no reason to believe anything Jesus said. Resurrection, all the re reason to believe Jesus said everything he said. It's a big deal. 
So what does the resurrection do for us some two millennia later? Right? This is like so far removed from our current context. This is halfway around the world in Israel, in the Middle East, 2,000 years ago of another time, another culture, and another people group. How does it affect us? Well, once again, it gives weight and credence to the life, work, and claims of Jesus. Jesus isn't just some historical figure. If you actually look at the words he said, his resurrection gives validity and truth to what he says. What it also does is it sets apart Jesus from every other religious figure that has ever existed. It sets us, Jesus is set apart from every deity, from every other God. See, most other religions or deities would ask you to die for them. But what God did was he demonstrated to us his love by dying for us. It's a big difference. Not only that, but he predicted that he would and then he did it. And he said, I'm going to do this to pay the price for our sin to make you right with God again. What Jesus did on the cross and what he did by his resurrection sets him apart from every other religion and every other deity and every other God. And I don't know about for you, I'm only assuming, it's not a hard leap, that these last few years, just surviving through life, has been really hard. Like for some of us, obviously we experienced it differently, but at the same time, I think we can all agree, man, they were sad, they were heartbreak, broke, uh, heartbreaking, incredibly emotional and mentally and physically challenging. And for me, personally, the only thing that really carried myself, and I know many of us here, is the anchoring truth of who Jesus is and his life and his death and his resurrection Knowing that the truth of his word and his character and his goodness really spans the test of time and circumstance or anything that we can go through, even the last few years, especially the last few years. And I know for me personally, like for myself and, and my family and our church family, a lot of us, the way in which we were able to just even make sense and how to navigate all that we just went through and all that we're still going through is solely to the fact that we looked and believed in who God was and his abilities and that he is in control and that he saved us and redeemed us and this world right now isn't the end of the story. See, if our hope and our security and our trust and whether we're doing good or not depends on this life, we're in trouble. This life is not promised. This life is not secure. As you know, the last couple years proved it. Like, what can we stand on? Not much. That's why we got into trouble. But if our hope and our trust is in something that is bigger than this world, and it's better, that's something we can hold on to. And the truth is, when we put our trust in Jesus, there really is nothing in time, in history, now or that will come, that can happen, that can disrupt or take away 
this life-changing, universe-changing truth of Jesus' resurrection and the implications we have. It doesn't mean that we don't still feel it and experience it. I mean, we live in a broken world. There's no hiding that. But what I hope that this season has taught us is, again, that the world is far more broken than we knew, and anything that this world has to offer can and probably will fade away and probably will change. And it really doesn't work to trust in any of it as our ultimate security. What I'm here to tell you today is these truths of what I'm talking about in the Bible, that Jesus' work upon the cross and his resurrection is the only thing that can fix and restore the brokenness in this world. It's the only thing that will honestly get us through. The truth of who God is is the only constant and unchanging truth we have. And I think we do have a unique window into the world in this generation that we saw that, wow, actually everything can stop. Everything can change. Nothing's promised. I think other generations, not as much happened maybe or in a different way, and so maybe this wasn't so apparent. But I think more than ever, we're like, oh, wow. My money, my job, my family, my, you name it, that's what keeps me together. What if it's all taken away? Right? The hope and security we can have in this life here and our life in eternity is only truly found in Jesus. And as cheesy as that might be to come off, it's like, it's all about Jesus. Or all you need is Jesus. It's actually so true. Right, because we can just see the bumper sticker or see the bracelet, like, just, just Jesus. But I'm like, actually, that's true. Because what else? What other bracelet or bumper sticker are you having on your car that can think they can just get you through it to the end? There's not one. And don't get me wrong, there are amazing things, amazing gifts that God gives us. Family and health and home and, like, living in Hawaii. These are great things. These are blessings. Like, we have it so good. And don't get me wrong. There is elements that they bring security and, and peace and joy. But again, once they get out of whack, we realize a truth. Once our equilibrium and our little life that we created gets out of whack, we realize, oh no, our souls and our entire beings designed is to be in relationship with our creator God. Again, when things are good, you may not feel that. You're like, I don't need God. I'm good. But again, when it's not good, then we feel our souls ache. Right? Because any life lived apart from God, from our design, that we're supposed to be with him and us with him, we're missing that created design. And when we live through such terrible times that we have, and we don't know like if it's going to get worse or better, I want to extend hope today that you don't just have to be so anxious and stressed about the future, because I know that all of us in some way are. Because we're like, man, I hope COVID type 
situation doesn't happen again. And I'm not saying it will, and I hope it never does. But who knows, right, what's next in this world? That's what I'm saying. Nobody does. But instead of living in anxiety and stress and bracing for impact, what if we lived with hope and expectation that supersedes our circumstances? And that's Jesus raising from the dead. Because what the Bible tells us is that we share in that, and he promises that we can have abundant life and eternal life when we trust in him. He invites us into Resurrection Sunday. And this is, this is like where I want to kind of leave us in our time in, in, before we enter into a bit more worship is this. Here's the greatest part about all of this. That God isn't asking us to somehow like be better humans or perform or somehow to attain, you know, a certain like number of Sundays I went to church to gain his approval. Because I think a lot of us think of like us and God with like, I just got to like do more good than bad and I'm good with God. Or you know what? I'm like compared to that other person, I'm good, Right? We all of a sudden become the judge and the jury and we have our own scale of what's good or what will earn approval to God. But the greatest part about the truth of what we're talking about today is that God is not asking us to perform or attain or do something in order to gain his approval. But Easter is so good, it's because that Jesus performed and did all the work for us. Like, he did it. And we just get to believe and trust in it, and then we get it. See, this is very foreign, and this is why it's like, nah, it can't be that easy. Because in our world, it's all about performance. Right? Like, our jobs depend on it. Most of your jobs depend on if you're a good worker or not, or you get a sales goal, or like, you got to perform. And unfortunately, a lot of times our relationships are conditional also. Right? There's, there's only a few relationships that we ever find that are like truly unconditional, right? But a lot of relationships are performance-driven. A, a lot of our job or our status or I need, I need things. I have to get. I have to perform or else it's not that with God. And that's, why I think, why so many people maybe have a stumbling block with Christianity, they're like, dude, it can't just be that easy. That's the whole point. Jesus died in our place so that we didn't have to. He paid the price. He rose from the dead. And all we have to do is just trust to say, you know what? My life, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I, Jesus, I, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my, I want to receive what you have. I want to stop trusting, pulling my bootstraps up. Like if I just try harder, I'll be okay. There will be a point where that will not be okay. The good news about Easter is that Jesus died and he paid the price so that we didn't have to. He shares that with us freely. All that's needed on our end is believing and receiving and walking in these truths daily. 
And it's not even like doing it well. That's what's so great. It's that we just are in this work in progress, like over the course of our life, we just attempt to follow Jesus the best we can. And I don't know where you're at today or how you're doing or where you're at with Jesus. I know we're all in different spots. But what I do know is that this is, all, this is for all of us, regardless of where you're at today, what you've done, what you haven't done, how long it's been since you've been in church. We all have a story, and God loves all of us as we are right here, right now. And the only thing that we got to do is just step out and receive it. We have some more songs that we'll be singing. And again, I want to encourage us here to praise God for giving us the gift of his son and giving us, you know, abundant life and eternal life. But for those of you in here as we're singing, if you're, if you're questioning and, and thinking about what I've said, and if you really don't know about Jesus and where he's at and what's this all about. We're going to have men and women on the sides in the back. Um, men and women that are part of our church, uh, Ohana group leaders in our church. And if you just want to talk story, ask a little bit more. If you want to pray with them, if you want a Bible, they're here to give that to you. But I want to encourage us to not only like worship Jesus as a church family today, but then if you have questions, if you want to make that decision, if you want to just learn more, they're back there. We'd love to talk more with you. But church, today is a day to celebrate. Because as dark and as bad and as sad as this world is or can get, the truth that I'm speaking about today supersedes it all. And it's not an escapism mentality. It's not like I don't got to deal with that. Jesus actually does the opposite. He asked us as Christians, and he did it himself. He stepped into the mess that is life. And he lived amongst it. And then he died, and then he rose again, and of course he's God. But even for you and I today, believing in Jesus doesn't mean that like, it's the secret weapon that none of life affects us. No, no, no. We're as human as anyone else. And as Christians, we're actually supposed to just be in it even more. Mourn with those who mourn. Bear each other's burdens. Are we going to encounter obstacles? Absolutely. But the question is, are we going to do it with Jesus or not? That's, 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 that's the Easter story. So I invite you into that today. I invite you in to the story. Jesus did the work, and he's inviting you in today as well. I want to invite up the worship team now, and we'll pray and sing some more songs, and then have a proper celebration after. Amen? Amen. God, thank you so much that we do not sit here today hopeless, but we have a great hope in the person of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you sent your only son to die so that we might Believe and trust in him and have life abundantly and eternal. God, thank you that all that you really require from us today is just believing and trusting in the work that you did upon the cross and in your resurrection. And Jesus, we thank you that today we stand from a place 
of celebration. A place that we can truly like raise our hands and raise our voices and declare of your goodness. Thank you that we have a hope and truth that anchors us, that supersedes anything that can happen in this world, that has happened and will come. We thank you that we get to do it together as brothers and sisters, as a family, as a community today. So God, we give you this next time. We ask that you would you'd move in our hearts. We give you all the credit for what you've done for us. We love you, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.